disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 94 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Uh, here we are. We're, we're, we're making our way towards episode 106 episodes away. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know. I don't know. My mind my mind is still blown up. Of course, uh, if you have not had a chance, please head over to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. Go ahead and give that page a like. I've uh, been pretty active over there. I've been posting photos and videos and all kinds of things, all kinds of creative stuff. Now, that's a good place for you to be. If you happen to subscribe to the YouTube channel at some point, thank you for doing that. But I think the place you want to be right now is the Facebook page because, well, I just have more followers there and it's just more of an active community and people are, you know, I'm making this content for you guys, for my listeners, first and foremost. Obviously, if, you know, spontaneous people come along, that's great. I want that. But I also want people that listen every week to be in on the fun. So. That's kind of the best place for you to go right now. The reason why I brought up the YouTube channel is because I'm thinking about trying to get that thing back up and running to some extent. I mean, I make it sound like it's just completely inactive. It's not. It's just been a couple months since I posted a video and it was never supposed to be a thing where I posted a video every week or anything anyway. (laughs) But I would have done more. But it's just there's just no following there for the most part. I mean, the last video that I put up got a decent amount of views, but it's just it's just just hasn't been enough motivation to keep that going because it takes a lot of work to, to make those uh, I may have a new one up soon though I don't know but the very least you want to lay you want to like the Facebook page because that's where all the main stuff will be going uh, from this point on so thank you guys that have taken the time to do that and if you like the Facebook page and you listen to the last episode of the podcast and you know that I did watch Dragon Ball Super Broly the new movie I went to see it uh, I Ended up going on Facebook Live on that Sunday, last Sunday at 8 p.m. So I want to thank everybody who was able and available to watch that. I'm, I know that I'm sure that many more of you guys that wanted to tune in, but you just couldn't. I understand that that's not the most convenient thing sometimes, you know, having to be sitting down in front of a computer or your phone for, you know, a certain amount of time at a certain time on a Sunday. I get that. But I want to thank everybody who were able to tune in and ask questions. And we had a great conversation. I talked about the movie for about an hour. Uh, Of course, the video is still there. So if you missed that and you want to find out my detailed thoughts on Dragon Ball Super Broly, you want to go to the Facebook page and watch that video. I'm not going to get into it on the podcast. That is why I made the video. Uh, So the video is there and you know, we can find out everything there and we had a pretty good conversation about it. So head over to the Facebook page and give it a like. I do have a couple emails here I'm going to read uh, for our email segment called What Are You Saying? So obviously, if you have anything you want to say uh, about the podcast or otherwise, you can send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. These emails do sort of kind of in some ways refer to Dragon Ball Super Broly. So I'll read them. But if you want the answers, obviously, you know, to this, you can go watch the video. OK, uh, so, yeah, let's just kind of jump into it. So the first email that I have here is from Ricky, longtime listener here. Ricky says, hey, Tim, just saw Dragon Ball Super Broly last night with my two year old. He watched about 50 percent of Dragon Ball Super with me. 
the viewing experience was great and there was a moment where my son got me to smile from ear to ear as he sat up and said kamehameha while goku charged it on screen i wanted to let you know to not be concerned about spoilers from dbs the movie only spends about 10 seconds referring to the tournament of power everything else is centered on the happenings of the movie i am interested to hear what you think about broly's character arc also what time will you be on live as far as Christopher Sabat's declaration that All Might is his greatest work, I could not agree more. I love Vegeta as I think we all do, but All Might, I think, takes a lot more acting ability to perform it with as much emotion as he does. Think back to the Frieza saga in Dragon Ball Z when Vegeta was down for the count, bloodied, beaten, and he gave Goku one last tearful monologue before he bites it. That is the kind of emotion Chris brings to All Might on a regular basis. Finally, I am also recommending My Hero Academia to you. It is one of a few shows today that gets me as fired up as a 29-year-old adult the way Dragon Ball Z did when I was a kid. I would even go as far as to say it is a podcast-worthy show in its own right. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. Look forward to the next episode of the podcast. See you later. Ricky, thanks so much. Um, Ricky, if I recall, you were able, you actually did tune in to live uh, Broly review at some point so I hope you know you got to watch all of that and I hope you got all of my thoughts on it but of course the video is still up so as far as all of that stuff goes and my thoughts on Broly's character arc and all that stuff it's in the video um, that's awesome man it's awesome to hear that you brought your two year old and you know and, and he was just kind of mouthing the Kamehameha along with the movie I mean that, that's great man like I don't I don't have any kids at this point, uh, I do plan to have at least one or two at some point, though. And like, I know for a fact that my kids are going to grow up watching Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't care how violent people think it is. But like, you know, I grew up watching it now. I mean, I wasn't two years old. You know, when I watched it, I was probably 14 or 15 when I first got into Dragon Ball. But I mean, it, you know, you can watch it at any age. I mean, it's, you know, it's there's some life lessons in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I wasn't watching Dragon Ball Z when I was that young, but I there was never any sort of a filter in terms of the types of cartoons I was allowed to watch as a kid. So I was watching some stuff with a lot of fighting in it, a lot of violent stuff. And like I turned out OK. So like I think it's cool for people to get their kids involved in the same things they enjoyed as a kid. And me just being a big ass grown up geek, you know, I look forward to kind of sharing that stuff with my kid one day. You know what I mean? Like just all my action figures that I still have, Dragon Ball, you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Star Wars, whatever else. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So that I'm sure that was a very awesome moment for you, man. Um, Christopher Sabat. OK, so we talked a little bit about this in the last episode. Christopher Sabat posted a tweet saying, you know, he got nominated for like best voice actor or something like that for his role as All Might and My Hero Academia. And you're saying that you agree 100 percent that it is his best work, even better than Vegeta uh, for the reasons that you listed here, that you say it takes a little bit more acting ability, perform it with the amount of emotion that he does. Well, that's great. That's great. I still have not seen the show, but I mean, it's been recommended to me by at least eight or nine of you guys. <laughs> so far so trust me i will watch it it is official i will watch it 
It will happen. And I will obviously come on the podcast and give you guys my opinion on it once once I get into it. Uh, it's just kind of been tough to start any new shows lately because, well, you know, I got my all my usual shit just came back. You know, all the the, the CW DC shows just came back. So I'm getting back into those now. And then, I, uh, you know, Punisher season two is up on Netflix. I finally finished Punisher season one. I think I may have talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but I was not a big fan of the Punisher <laughs> the season one. I mean, I just felt like it was boring. I felt like a lot of it was just boring and it just wasn't a lot of shit going on. But I'm glad I went back because I was I, I made it about seven episodes in. I stopped and didn't watch any for a couple months. And when season two popped up, I said, OK, now I'm, now I feel like I have to go <laughs> finish season one. And I did. And it just so happens that man around episode eight is where things just really started to kind of happen so i think i needed that break i went back and it was just and i finished it like in two days (laughs) i watched like the remain the rest of the season in like two days i mean that's how good it got and i watched the first two episodes of season two and those have been awesome too so punisher season two is back but once i get caught up on all this stuff Trust me, My Hero Academia is definitely on the list. Okay, once again, uh, you know, if you want to hear my thoughts on that specific question about Broly in the movie, um, you know, the video is up over on the Facebook page. Next email here is from Paul. What's up, Paul? Paul says, hey, Tim, firstly love the show and have been listening since the beginning. Like you, I'm just following the dubbed version of the show and love having the podcast as a recap through the week. In regards to the Broly movie, no worries about spoilers in the movie. It's fantastic for sure and opens up some interesting future possibilities. Be interesting to catch your opinion on it. Have a good one from Alberta, Canada. Paul, thanks so much for uh, for writing in. Uh, I know you've been listening for a long time. I mean, I see your name popping up on the Facebook page every now and then when you like posts or comment on things and stuff like that. Awesome to hear from you. Thanks for listening. It's always nice to know when I have listeners from other countries. Okay, so that's fantastic. I appreciate you letting me know that. Uh, And of course, once again, if you haven't had a chance to check out the video that I posted on the Facebook page, all of my opinions on the movie will be there. Uh, Last email here is from Ben. Uh, Ben says, hey, Tim, it's Ben. I write in every once in a while, but it's been quite a bit since my last email, though I still... Though, ha- though I have still been listening every week. I wanted to mention a few things about the Broly movie. If you've seen episode 93 of Super, there will be no major spoilers for the Tournament of Power in the Broly movie. And certainly nothing that would even make it close to not worth seeing this movie on the big screen. Some things happen that may seem like spoilers, but almost all these things actually happen for the first time in the film. With that out of the way, I can't wait to hear your opinions on the film and will try to catch the stream if you end up doing it. I absolutely love the movie and it had the best animation I've seen in possibly any 2D animated production. The new character designs by Nahiro Nahiro Shintani work absolute wonders for the style of the franchise. I've seen it twice in theaters and I'll tell you it's worth more than a price of admission for the visuals alone. The score by Norahito Sumatomo, (laughs) you're killing me with these names man also has some of the coolest sounding tracks in the whole franchise ben thanks so much for writing in man uh i i i definitely remember you and i remember you writing in before glad to hear from you 
Um, I know it's not realistic for me to hear from you guys all the time, but just check just check in with me every now and then like some of you guys do. And uh, and that's cool. It's always nice to know you're still listening. Uh, yeah. So once again, all my thoughts are on uh, on the Facebook page. Ben, I think you were in that chat. I mean, I may be I'm pretty sure you dropped in there at least for a second for the video. I hope you got to watch all of it. If not, it's still up for you guys to go check out. Uh, but no, it's great. I mean, it's fantastic. I agree with everything you said here. Uh, the I, I get a little bit more into my specific thoughts on the animation. Um, you know, it's not that I didn't like it, but it, I, I just think it was kind of weird for a couple of reasons I list in the video. Also, I talk about the soundtrack, the music a little bit in the video as well. So all of that stuff is over there on the Facebook page. Now, the second half of your email refers to episode 94 of uh, Dragon Ball Super so we're going to talk about that in a minute and then I'll come back and read your email after the fact I'll, I'll read the second half of it after we get through the episode talk alright I kind of feel like I'm rushing through this episode but I kind of am because I have I have some where to be <laughs> but don't worry I'm still going to give you guys a full full perspective on, on this thing but I feel like I'm talking really fast anyway uh, yeah, so Ben will get back to your email. And of course, if you guys have any questions, comments about anything, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, with that being said, let's jump into the episode talk for the week. All right. So, of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon Podcast, episode 94, is going to cover episode 94 of Dragon Ball Super, titled The Evil Emperor Returns, a reception from mysterious assassins. I never know how to read those titles when they have a question mark at the end. That was just sounds weird. <laughs> and, and half the time, the narrator in the show doesn't actually say it like that. Like, I'm pretty sure he just says a reception from mysterious assassin. You know, like he just didn't even whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So as we know, OK, the last thing we saw was that, um, yeah, it's official. Freeze is coming back to life. OK, well, he's not coming back to life. He's he's just being brought back from the afterlife for 24 hours. Okay, he's still going to be dead. Uh, You know, I'd seen screenshots a long time ago of Frieza with a halo over his head. So we kind of know what that means. Right. We've seen this before. And I do like the fact that they use a method that had been previously established already because it's the Dragon Ball world. They could have easily just made up some new shit out of nowhere and been like, well, this is how Frieza is going to come back. Well, the easy thing to do here, and I, I, I didn't mind it, is they, they went to Fortune Teller Baba, you know, and uh, they didn't start call, calling her Fortune Teller Baba until Dragon Ball Super, by the way, right? Like in Dragon Ball Z, she was just Baba. <laughs> so I don't know if that's, they're trying to make it more accurate to the, the Japanese version by doing that or what. But Goku, you know, actually went to Snake Way and like he kind of checked in with king yama and got all everything signed off so now it's official frieza will be coming back um for a little bit so the episode kind of starts off with goku just kind of having you know everybody's just kind of eating you know just fueling up for the tournament of power uh they're kind of wondering and kind of asking a few vegeta's asking some questions about how they go with frieza what's going on um yeah, they just kind of just kind of he's just kind of catching them all up on 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 exactly what happened here. But they can kind of tell that he's hiding something, <laughs> you know, and, and Vegeta's kind of like, just just spit it out, man. What's going on? So this is the part where 
Goku reveals to everybody that the conditions of Frieza's return, that they're going to have to wish him back to life at the end of this thing if they if they don't get wiped out at the end of the tournament of power. And of course, everyone, you know, they have they sort of, you know, they react the way that you would expect them to react. And everybody's thinking like, what? Why? Why would you do that? But then, of course, Whis is kind of the voice of reason and exposition <laughs> in Dragon Ball Super. So he says, look, you know, compared to the alternative, you know, Universe 7 completely being wiped the hell out. I think having Frieza back alive is probably a small price to pay. Um, that's kind of true. It's kind of a stretch in some ways. But if, if, if you're assuming if you're basing that on how strong Frieza would be and the fact that they feel like they really, really need him in order to be able to win this thing, then I guess, yeah, that's probably a good point to make. And Goku reassures them that if he comes back and he messes up, don't worry, he'll pay. Now, if you watch Dragon Ball Super Broly, you you know that how some of this stuff kind of works out. That's kind of the only sort of spoiler, quote unquote, I think, in that movie is that you kind it kind of tells you what happens with this whole Frieza situation. Not directly, but you can kind of assume based on that movie how some of this stuff turns out. Okay, so if by some chance you don't want to know that, then don't watch the movie. But you, I mean, it doesn't really it's not a big deal. It's not. I love this. Uh, <laughs> they do this close up of this drawing of Frieza. Like, I feel like I, I feel like I could have drawn that. Like, I, that's what I like about it. <laughs> you know, it looks like my like if I just drew a quick version of Frieza, it would look like that. It also makes sense that they wouldn't have a photo of him, right? I mean, they, they've got all these photos of everyone else on the team on the wall, and it would make sense that they wouldn't have a photo of Frieza. I mean, Frieza would never pose for something like that, right? So it's small details like that that I appreciate that they've kind of introduced in the Super that I feel like in Z they probably would have just skipped over. You know, and it's like, oh, wait, no one would actually have a photo of Frieza. Every time he's been around, it's been for a very short amount of time and it's been nothing but fighting going on. It hasn't been any sort of time for that kind of shit, <laughs> you know? So, all right. So then we skip over to, um, we see sort of this surreal sort of scene where we've got two of the destroyer gods standing with their palms facing each other and they're conversing their mouths aren't moving it seems like they're kind of in this meditative state we can kind of assume that this is how the destroyer gods communicate with one another in secret i'm assuming while still being in their respective universes right i really like it like this shit looks awesome <laughs> i mean just the way that they animated this the way they kind of glow when they talk just looks great now what they're talking about is is that remember that Catella, I think his name is the big biker mouse from Mars looking uh, destroyer guy had a spy, right? He had a spy on apparently throughout all the universes, but specifically in universe seven. So now they know that they're bringing Frieza back in order to participate in the tournament. He's trying to find a way to kind of use this to his advantage by, uh, first of all, he's kind of lying to the destroy god of is it universe nine i could be wrong about that but he's saying that you know the that universe seven is planning to 
focus all of their attention on that their universe and wipe them out first so he's getting this other destroyer guy riled up while he has his own sort of motives at the same time um so they kind of hatch this plan to where they're saying that frieza is sort of this you know you know this universally known criminal he's going to have all of these different um enemies so if they can take him out before the tournament starts not only will that lead to universe 7 being eliminate, eliminated because they don't have enough fighters but it would be easy to hide the fact that they did it because Frieza has so many enemies that it could be anyone right so it's kind of a little you know, it's a little bit more detailed and deep than I think I, I was expecting them to go with this <laughs> I mean this sounds like this sounds like one of those uh those freaking cop shows you know what i mean like law and order or something like some of this kind of shit uh but i like it so basically he's you know he's saying that uh maybe you know some hitmen who can come in and take care of this now you know we're all sitting here thinking yeah good luck good luck good luck with whatever freaking loser weaklings you're gonna send after frieza <laughs> So we know at the very least we're gonna get some cool we're gonna get some cool scenes of Frieza just killing a bunch of folks because that's that's what's gonna happen when they show up. <laughs> uh, so then we go back to uh, you know Catella's sort of back in his main environment talking to his Supreme Kai, and they're just kind of talking about increasing their chances of winning the Tournament of Power by trying to get rid of Universe Seven. Obviously, they feel like Universe Seven is the biggest threat. So then we go back to Planet Earth. We have little trunks looking up at the board with all the photos on it, and he's wondering, okay, what does this mean? Because no one's actually talked to the kids about the Tournament of Power yet. They don't, they don't know about it. Goats in the trunks don't know, uh, and they don't want to freak him out by telling him all this this stuff about you know the universe being destroyed and all that. Um, so they're trying to distract Trunks from asking questions about this board. So they say, oh, these are all the people that are coming over to congratulate Boma on having a baby. All right. And Trunks is like, well, why the hell is Frieza up there? <laughs> didn't he didn't he just come here recently? And like, didn't he just try to, like, destroy Earth? Uh, and then Vegeta steps in and he's like, Frieza's turned over a new leaf and, you know, it, and it, it just pains Vegeta. It pains him that he has to sort of defend Frieza in this in this moment. And we get like this little solitary sort of internal thing where he's just kind of screaming about it. And it's actually kind of funny. Uh, because like he says, of, of all people, he's got to like defend Frieza. Vegeta has to do it. I mean, if you know the history between those characters, you would know how hard that must have been for him. Uh, so... Goku finally sort of presents this idea to Trunks about them going to Android 17's island and uh, just kind of, you know, just kind of watching over it because Android 17 hasn't had a chance to come and congratulate Boma on a baby yet. That's the excuse he's given. So, of course, Trunks is like super excited about it because he tells him that he gets to play with all the monsters there. And why wouldn't he want to do that? Right. So he runs off to go get Goten. And then Goku asks Krillin if he wouldn't mind taking the kids there because Goku has to go and prepare for uh, the arrival of Frieza. Okay. And Krillin's kind of worried about it because he <laughs> he's thinking, oh, man, I have to take him there, you know, with 
Android 17, and that's his brother-in-law now, so things are a little bit weird, a little bit awkward, not to mention the, the whole fact that at one point in time, this dude tried to kill all of them. So that's something to remember, too. But he's saying that if 18 could change, then 17 could change, too. Okay? Um, so, yeah. So then we switch over to, wait, what is this? Oh, this is Master Roshi, right. Master Roshi's, man, Master Roshi's doing some shit, man. <laughs> like, dude has been, ever since he agreed to be a part of this tournament, he's been taking this shit super seriously, which is very cool and very unlike Roshi in some ways, but very like Roshi in other ways. You know, he tried to rid himself of his weakness with the girls, and supposedly he's done that. Uh, but now he's training. You know, we see him charging up this lightning flash attack thing, which is pretty cool to watch. He's up in Korin's tower. Uh, poor Yajirobe's just kind of, you know, being the the the, <laughs> the guinea pig at this point. Uh, and he's thinking that, you know, it's not all about strength. You know, if he can immobilize some of the fighters with moves like this, an evil containment wave, then maybe, uh, you know, it's just it's just nice to see them kind of developing new techniques and, and thinking about strategy and stuff like that. So we get a, we get a pretty cool moment, just a pretty chill moment. Between Corrin and and Roshi, um, you know, he's just saying that he's up there training for old time's sake, because apparently he spent a lot of time there growing up, learning from Corrin. I don't know if I knew that. I mean, I feel like I don't, I don't know if they go into a lot of detail about that in Dragon Ball or not. But I mean, I don't know a lot of Roshi's history before, you know that. Uh, but apparently, he trained with Master Corrin a lot, uh, so that's pretty cool. So we, we get a we get a cool little sort of moment there between them and, and they're wishing them luck and everything and I'm I'm watching Roshi stand up on this this freaking this railing and I'm like what the hell is he doing because Roshi can't fly is he just about to jump off of this damn thing so I thought for a second I don't know is Nimbus gonna show up all of a sudden and catch him but he just kind of says oh wait I can't fly and of course they just kind of do their their thing where they fall back out of, out of disbelief. So then we jump over to the other destroyer gods. I'm sorry, I don't know their names, or I can't remember what you know. Sorry, the uh, the destroyer god and the supreme Kai of I think it's universe, whichever one had the freaking pride troopers. Okay, hopefully by the time the tournament of power gets well underway, I'll know all their names and know the what universes they are over and stuff. But now it's just too much shit to remember. Uh, but so they're hatching this plan to send some assassins to Universe 7 to take out Frieza. Alright, so now we revisit Goku over at Baba's place, which I don't I don't remember ever seeing Baba's uh her little area in Dragon Ball. But it's a pretty cool looking place. Like I mean <laughs> like that's a cool little area of, of the world they're in there, man. I like it. I like that. I want I wanna live there. <laughs> uh for, and then and then we get a, a little glimpse of some of the assassins I think showing up and then we jump over to what man to, for me it's kind of been somewhat of a, a long-awaited moment and that is we see the reunion of androids 18 and 17 on the island and Krillin is in the middle and it's super awkward for him for all the reasons I talked about earlier and it's just super awkward anyway because Andro 17 and 18 are so like their personalities are so, you know, the same. 
but they also they also kind of seem like they neither of them has a sense of humor so it's just <laughs> it's just kind of weird and uh it's just it's just weird to see them interact with each other but there's there's some tension there so little Marin runs up to Android 17 and he's just saying oh I can't believe how big you've gotten and he says her name wrong he calls her Marone instead of Marin and 17's like if you get it wrong again you're dead like that's the kind of relationship they have obviously uh, and then there's a you know she, he asks her he asks Marin if she likes animals she says yes she asks him and he says yes except for the humans and there's this weird like pause that happens <laughs> I don't know I think it's, it's all supposed to be just kind of humorous and a little bit maybe a little bit you know a little bit disturbing that he would respond like that Krillin's, you know it's just making everything a lot more uncomfortable uh, but it's kind of cool to see 18 and 17 back together and I, like I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how they team up during the tournament you know like I feel like they have to do some pull out some old school moves together and stuff like that'll be a moment that I'm that I'm pretty excited about so he's asking, are we sure that Goten and Trunks can look after the island? Krillin is just reassuring him that they can. They are the sons of Goku and Vegeta. So nothing to worry about there. But then Marin says she wants to stay. And I think Krillin had the same reaction I did. I was like, wait, wait a minute. What? <laughs> like, she's just like, I mean, they're all kids, but she can't fight or anything. Right. But, you know, Android 18 is like, don't worry. If you give Marin some space, you'll see that she's more than capable. So they just leave. <laughs> Only in the Dragon Ball world will people just leave their three little kids on an island completely alone. <laughs> Especially when we it's revealed shortly after that that there are some poachers just waiting. <laughs> They're like, oh, now's our time to attack because they just left these kids alone on the island. But the, the other dude is like, hey, man, we just saw them fly. I'm pretty sure they're not just regular kids. <laughs> So then we go back to Boma's place and everybody's just kind of coming together and we see their rival of 17 and everybody's just kind of watching and Gohan's just kind of rallying everybody talking about how they have to fight, you know, as a team. Uh, we get a <laughs> Vegeta makes a statement about, you know, wanting to be able to crush the universes by himself, which is very funny. You know, very typical Vegeta thing to say. But we get a moment here between Piccolo and 17. If you just kind of remember, you know, the, the you know, it wasn't the last time they saw each other. Hell, they may have been fighting each other, you know. So it's, it's just one of those sort of moments that's just kind of tense. We've got Android 17 walking up. Piccolo takes off his turban because shit usually gets real when he does that. But then he puts out his hand and he's like, I'm glad you're here. We, we actually need your help. And uh, 17 shakes his hand. And that's kind of a cool moment, you know. Everybody's everybody's cool now. They have to fight as a team and, uh, you know, let the past be the past. And then Roshi shows up on his little, on his turtle shell. So that's how he flies. <laughs> okay. So that, that explains that. Um, yeah. So we've got everyone here ready to go except for Goku and Frieza. Okay. So Goku's off to wait for Frieza. He's just kind of doing some 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 training to himself and then bam uh he goes in and and there's frieza he's there he's back <laughs> he is back he makes some sort of snide comment about having a halo um 
And yeah, he just kind of walks up and punches Goku in the gut. And I'm just like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? But then Goku punches him back. And that's when I was like, yeah, I like this. This is good. <laughs> this is good stuff. Because, you know, I mean, this is we have Goku and Frieza here. And they're about to fight together. Like, that's... If you understand anything about the epic history of Dragon Ball Z, you, got, you have to understand how big of a deal this is. So I, I like the fact that they kind of make a moment out of this with them just kind of like punching each other and stuff really hard though but um yeah so like this little ghost thing dude shows up and he you know he sounds a lot like lewis tully from ghostbusters for some reason but uh <laughs> so yeah he kind of says there's some people outside that want to meet you uh and, and they just they go outside and then it's revealed that all of these freaking assassins have showed up and Goku's like, why are you here? Are you here to try to stop us from entering the tournament? Yada, yada, yada. He's saying we can't say. Freeze is just like, I don't give a damn. Just death beam. Gone. Took the dude out. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I slipped. Sorry. You know, because he, when he punched Goku, he said, oh, I slipped. Uh yeah, so Goku's basically saying we don't have time to fight these people right now, which I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they kind of brought that up because that would have been my thing is that you can't just go willingly go get into a whole new fight right now. I mean, you kind of running short on time. Everyone else is waiting. We even jump over to everyone else waiting for a minute, talking about what would happen if they didn't have all the fighters. They would get disqualified and just be destroyed. Okay, so then we go back. And this is where Goku kind of mentions that. But Frieza's like, look, if we're going to do this, you know, we might as well we might as well warm up a little bit. We might as well. And plus, I'm sure he's bloodthirsty as hell at this point because he's been in hell and he hasn't been able to kill anyone in a while. <laughs> so he's like, you know, I'll just destroy them as quickly as possible. But I need to you know, let's warm up. So then, man, we get this epic transformation to golden frieza and it's very haunting and the music is very haunting and like this is very sort of demonic sort of i think undertone here to this transformation you know like it just it's kind of just i don't know it, it gives up this disturbing vibe but i like that you know it kind of shows just how evil frieza is in a lot of ways because we watch him kind of transform and he's just kind of standing there like he's this god you know and he's just being bathed in this light plus he's got the halo right now so that makes it even more sort of symbolic looking <laughs> uh, and at the same time we're kind of cutting back and forth between you know this and the construction of the tournament of power uh, ring um, a lot of this shit we've seen before it's like how many times are we going to watch that peg go into that hole <laughs> I know you're reusing some footage there Dragon Ball Super I'm not blind. Uh, I didn't mention this before, but I, I wanted to. It's been pretty. I've, I've been super excited that they've been playing the entire intro lately to the show. Right. Like the past few episodes, they've been doing that. Uh, so, yeah, I just I just been loving that because I mean, why make a song that damn good and epic? And then you just in, in an intro that epic and then you're just going to cut like cut it in half. You know, I mean, I get it. TV shows do that, but I'm, I'm glad that lately they've been playing it again. So yeah, we've got Golden Frieza. You 
and I'm just kind of standing there glowing and Goku I love that Goku just kind of never takes his eyes off of him he's just kind of standing there just kind of looking at him like I know you're not trying to intimidate me with this shit <laughs> uh, and that's it yeah this I feel like this episode was very it felt shorter than the others and I guess technically it was a little bit just because well if you have a longer intro that's that's less episode you get so that's probably why in certain instances they shorten it and make it longer um so yeah but it it, it was a good episode i mean a lot of stuff happened there but it was it was kind of quick and kind of straight to the point and it was just progressing and we got some shit happening and it's just kind of turning out in in a good way and the animation was pretty good this entire thing so there's really no complaints here um the only question is how (laughs) how quickly We'll, we'll, we'll freeze a whoop of those dudes' asses. And we'll find that out in the next episode of Dragon Ball Super. Okay, so that about does it for the episode talk, guys. So what are you saying? Uh, what do you think about that? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I am kind of flying through this stuff kind of quickly, but there wasn't... There's also not a lot of stuff to dissect about that episode, right? So what we'll do is now just jump back into the email segments. Ben's email, the second half of it. Uh, Ben writes, I thought this episode was one of the best in Super. Having Frieza return and get straight into acting like that diabolical delinquent we know he is was really nice to see. The art in this episode was also top tier, especially in the second half. And did you see that golden transformation? By far one of the coolest transformation scenes we've had in all of Super. Speaking of which, how do you feel about him using his final form as kind of a default form now? Do you miss the way he looked in first form? This episode also had some really cool references to the older series. There's the one where 17 prepares to fight when he sees Piccolo again. But I'm also curious to know if you caught the reference later at Fortune Teller Baba's Palace. I definitely didn't notice the first time, but when Goku is practicing some moves on the fighting stage outside Baba's, the movements are very similar to a very important fight he had in that same place a long, long time ago. Sorry for the super long email, but it's a big week for Dragon Ball right now, and I had a lot of one to mention. Keep up the awesome podcast and the Facebook page. I'm loving all the content. Until next time, Ben. Ben, thanks so much for writing in, man. I, and don't worry, your email is the perfect length. <laughs> I just broke it in half. Uh, so yeah obviously thanks for supporting the podcast and uh thanks for writing in man i appreciate it um okay so let's talk about let's talk about this yeah man i, I agree this is a very very good episode frieza coming back deli- diabolical delinquent absolutely yes the the transformation was was great i mean i just yeah i just kind of went into that but uh I mean, it was just it was just well animated i mean like some of that animation during his transformation sequence was like movie level quality you know i was watching it and i was like man this is something that you would see like on a big screen the way they're animating this shit you know that could have easily been like big budget stuff um so it's very cool that they put that much sort of emphasis into it so how do i feel about him using his final form as a default form now do i miss the way he looked in his first form um you know there was something very that I that I very interesting that I loved about Frieza's first form because he didn't look threatening at all and even now I guess he doesn't really look threatening but he was just like this tiny little guy 
floating around in his little ship. It was never clear why he used that thing, <laughs> that little pod that he would use to, f- to fly around in. But it was just kind of like, OK, he's like a prince, right? Like like Prince, like Frieza's technically a prince, right? His father's like a king, King Cold, right? So it just it just kind of played into his sort of uh, this sort of his persona, right? It was like he's so powerful he can be that tiny and like he doesn't even need to walk. Like his his feet aren't even worthy. The ground's not even worthy for his feet to touch it. It kind of plays into this whole high and mighty sort of thing, and I really like that about his look early on. Uh, do I miss it? Uh, I do kind of miss it every now and then, but you know, when we get flashbacks, we kind of get to see it. If you watch Dragon Ball Super Broly, obviously we get to see that form again. Um, but there's no, I think it makes sense for him to just stay in his final form, right? Because I, I, I don't think it's ever been clear whether or not he could even go back to his previous forms or not. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't think they've ever sort of, I don't, I don't think they've ever sort of said for sure that he is even capable of doing that. You know, maybe once he transforms to his final form, he's just stuck that way. Right. And and then again, and also what would be the advantage to going back to that at this point? Um, because I, I could be misremembering this and I'm sure one of you guys will let me know. But I, I feel like in Dragon Ball Z, there was a moment where he said he never had to even transform before. He knew he had other forms, but he had never he never needed to do it. Right. So it's like he probably wouldn't have even known whether he could go back and forth or not before he even did it. So it's probably one of those things where like he did it and now he's just kind of stuck that way. Um, But I'm okay with it. You know, I don't, I do kind of miss that because that's the freezer that we first met. But as far as the most iconic version of Frieza, well, it's the way he looks now, right? Because that's the way he looked when he was fighting Goku on Namek. You know, he may have been buffed up a little bit more throughout some of that. But that's that's pretty much the way he looks. So I'm OK with it. And they've they found ways to kind of elevate that with him going golden and stuff. So that that's kind of cool. Um, and the references to the older series. Yeah. When 17 prepares to fight, when he sees Piccolo again. I OK. And you say there's another reference later where Goku is practicing some moves on the fighting stage. The movements are very similar to a very important fight he had in that same place a long time ago. No, I didn't. I didn't catch that at all. So by all means, uh, Ben, let, let me know what that is, because I was only the impression this is kind of the first time we've even seen that place. Now, if, if you're going back to Dragon Ball, then then that would explain why I don't know that, because I've mentioned this a couple of times. I, I've never seen Dragon Ball in its entirety. I've never seen the I have not seen the entire series of Dragon Ball. I've seen select episodes, right? There's some stuff I've seen. There's a lot of stuff I haven't seen. So if you're talking about something that happened then, then, uh, then that I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about it. But if it's something that happened in Z and I'm just forgetting, well, just let me know what it is. Um, and no, I didn't notice. I mean, I feel like the movements he were, the movements did seem familiar, but I didn't think about it beyond that. So yeah, definitely let me know what that is. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So thanks for writing in, Ben. I, I appreciate that, man. Uh, write in anytime anyone else out there you have anything you'd like to say any comments concerns about the podcast or otherwise send me an email at rock the dragon podcast at gmail.com i'm working on uh a big project 
Okay, and I've, I've mentioned this several times. Okay, uh, hoping to still have that out before episode 100, but at this point, it's like, well, episode 100 is six episodes away, so maybe I'll just hold off, or maybe I'll get it out beforehand if I can. But right now, I'll just kind of play it by ear and see what happens. As for episode 100, of course, I've mentioned this before. You guys have any suggestions or requests of anything you would like to hear me talk about for that episode of the podcast. Now would be the time to start getting that stuff in. Okay. Uh, And as with previous sort of milestone episodes, it doesn't necessarily just have to be Dragon Ball related. I am willing to talk about other stuff, other properties. I've done that before. So, if you know, if you're kind of thinking, well, I don't know what else to have him talk about because I don't want to spoil anything Dragon Ball related or anything like that. But I am curious about his opinions on this. Well, then, by all means, send me an email. Let me know what that is. And if I can talk about it, then I will. Um, Other than that, I do have some other stuff that I'm kind of tossing back and forth, kind of thinking about. I may be working on one or two new video ideas that may come up and pop up or, you know, along the uh, the weekend so keep your eye on the facebook page and uh you'll see if if, uh if that comes up uh as always if they have anything positive you want to say about the podcast do not hesitate to leave me a review that would be awesome and go a long way in helping this podcast last uh to episode 100 and beyond so i just want to thank everybody for tuning in this week obviously i want to thank everyone who tuned in for the live stream i want to thank ben and paul and ricky for uh, thanks to you guys, I knew that I could go watch Dragon Ball Super Broly and not be spoiled about the ending of Super. Okay, so thanks so much for doing that. Uh, I knew I could count on you guys when I asked that. I knew I knew you would respond, and that's that's fucking awesome. You know, it's awesome to have a, a super cool listener base who you know will be willing to help you out when you need when you need some Dragon Ball related help. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, I'm going to try to go live again pretty soon. You know, it may not be on anything specific like it was this time. It may just be spontaneous. I may go on there and, and we can just kind of talk about Dragon Ball or whatever else. I just kind of want to start to do that a little bit, a little bit more, but a little bit more interactive with you guys. So that about does it, guys. I have to go. I have an appointment. Uh, so until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater. And uh, I'll see you next time. Keep rocking the dragon.